Welcome to the CRISPR revolution. This is CRISPR Cuts, a podcast dedicated to the world of genome engineering. Take a break and join us as we guide conversations with an expert CRISPR cast about this cutting edge science. Hello, thanks for tuning into CRISPR Cuts. This week, we are joined by Dr. Anya Romsky, the product manager for Synthago's engineered cells product family. Welcome, Anya. Hey, thank you for having me on. Yeah, so maybe please kick it off by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you've done in the past, and the things you're doing now here at Synthago. Yeah, absolutely. So I completed my PhD at the University of Queensland in Australia, so I'm kind of far from home on breast cancer research. And then I moved over to the U.S. to complete a postdoc at Tufts University uh, in the lab of Charlotte Cooper-Vassar, again, on breast cancer research, and then ended up in the commercial world, um, eventually landing at Synthago, where I'm now the product manager for the engineered cells portfolio, as you mentioned. Yeah, so these, this family just launched a few months ago. Maybe you tell us a little bit more about the different types of products that you manage. So with the engineered cells, Synthago as a company, we are now empowering people to do CRISPR research by enabling them with cell lines and cell line generation. So within the engineered cells family, we have three different categories. We can make knockout cell pools, take them to clonal in knockout cell clones. And then we also have an advanced cell category, which includes more complicated editing, such as knocking in and other cell lines that don't fit into our standard portfolio. So it's basically like any edit anybody wants, you and your team can do it. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to empower the scientific community to really use the fantastic technology that CRISPR is in their work. Knockout cell pools as a product is something I think is really interesting. I don't think that that product really existed before this one. Is that true? Yeah, that's correct. So we as Synthago, as a company, we're really trying to productize the CRISPR engineered cells portfolio. And so knockout cell pools is a product and not a service and no one else currently offers it in this current format. How can you offer it now for the first time? Like, why is it now possible? That's a great question. So at Synthago, we really do try to optimize and engineer everything to the best capacity. And so by using our synthetic chemically modified guide RNAs that give us very good editing efficiency, by optimizing every single cell line that we edit within engineered cells with 200 point optimization, and, and then doing very stringent QC, we're able to get incredibly high editing efficiency, uh, usually over 50% and generally around the 70%, um, but it hasn't been uncommon to see things in the 98% uh, editing efficiency range. And so this really does allow us to now be able to offer these knockout cell pools as a, a polyclonal population of cells rather than having to take the time and effort to go clonal, which also obviously increases the cost. Yeah, and so this the whole platform that you've built, that kind of goes back to sort of founding ideas of the company, right? So we're founded by um, two brothers, engineers by training. We're really bringing their, their, the sort of engineering mindset or the engineer way of thinking to biotech. So how do you think that way of thinking is changing biotech now? So I definitely think it's, it's changing not just biotech, but how we do research in, in the scientific community. It's a really incredible way of thinking, to be honest. As a scientist, we don't think as an engineer, and having that type of thinking can really revolutionize the way we're doing science. And so what I mean by that is by 
taking away the obstacles and biases that we have as scientists, we can really empower ourselves and, and make better equipment. So for example, at Synthago, we're really not the typical life science company. We do everything on a very automated robotic platform. We do try to scale things and do things in parallel so that we can really take that those core principles of engineering, of design, test and reiterate to really make our processes and our results better. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's really great approach. It makes a lot of sense, right? It's science or you know biology in general. When you're studying it, has so many variables, so it's hard to really interpret the results. Engineering, on the other hand, everything is extremely tightly controlled. You know what variables you're holding constant and what you're allowing to change. So that approach, you know, I think will be very impactful. I guess we're already seeing that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously one of the key issues when in science is reproducibility. We are having a reproducibility crisis. And so by automating things, we're able to see that we can get very consistent results across the same, the same experiment, across multiple days, even multiple weeks. So we're definitely empowering people to get better results that are a lot more accurate. So the, the quality of the editing you're able to perform is sort of at an all-time high, right? So how do you actually validate the quality of these knockout cell pools um, that you're making for scientists? So we have uh, what we call a full stack engineering platform. So what that means is we have uh, software as well as all the tools for designing your experiments, editing your cells, and then analyzing the results. And so we use that that whole pipeline in engineered cells. So for a knockout cell pool, when we do the edit, we analyze it on our ICE platform, the inference of CRISPR editing, and that can very precisely show us the kind of editing that we're able to achieve with NGS quality results. And so we use that data to be able to determine what editing efficiency we're, we're able to achieve. And if we don't reach at least 50% editing, and as I mentioned, we're usually hitting about 70% or higher, then we don't ship the cells. And we always try multiple different conditions whenever we do editing so that we are able to hit high enough editing to make these products worthwhile for people and ensure that we turn this around in a timely fashion as well. Okay, so you mentioned this idea of doing a what's essentially a custom service, but in a way that's a product custom edits in the scientist cell line. So what cell lines can scientists currently order their edits in? So for our standard offerings, we have over 700 cell lines available. And you can just go online and search that list in the Synthago Engineered Cells web uh, product page. And these are all human cell lines. There's a lot of cancer cell lines as well as others. And we can just do the edits in those cells and and ship you those cells. We can also take in cells from customers as well as non-human cell lines as well through advanced cells. So how have you seen the response to this product so far? So are researchers interested in this knockout cell pool um, product or do they just say, no thanks, I can do it myself? So it's, it's actually been an incredible response and it really goes to the point that CRISPR is this fantastic technology that more and more people are, are trying to utilize because it, it is incredibly powerful. And so we're seeing an incredible response where people are really seeing that they don't need to become an expert in CRISPR anymore to be able to access CRISPR technology. And that's really what we're trying to go for. For a scientist, there is only so many hours in a day and you really... You don't want to be spending all of your time making the essentially what are the tools to be able to get to your results. And so if you 
can take some of that work off your plate and give that to us to make your engineered cells for you, you can do so much more with your time, um, especially given that if you haven't done CRISPR before, it can be a relatively complicated process and you do need a certain amount of expertise and tools to be able to do that. So it's it's often a lot of a lot of companies as well as a lot of researchers, both in the academic and commercial space, are seeing the usefulness of giving those kinds of projects to us instead so that they don't have to waste their time on it. Have you actually seen some scientists using CRISPR for the first time in their experiments now that they've ordered engineered cells? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's been sort of some of the most gratifying instances where people have never been able to get CRISPR to work in their labs or just haven't had the time to be able to, to actually go through and read all the literature and work out how to do CRISPR. And so we've been able to empower people to use this technology in that way. And we've had people use CRISPR for things like viral research and identifying what targets uh, putative compounds might be hitting in vaccine discovery. CRISPR can also be used for identifying what genes are involved in specific phenotypes or disease states, as well as pathway analysis. I heard in actually one of your presentations previously, a lot of drugs that are being developed, uh, at least in the early stages, the genetic target isn't known, mm-hmm. right? So there's a pretty long time frame from identification to the clinic, uh, incredible costs. Are people starting to use CRISPR to accelerate this process? Yeah, absolutely. So actually, only 15% of all drugs are genetically validated. Uh, so that means that we we don't really know the full genetic architecture of what a drug may be impacting, which obviously... You, you, you mean 15% of drugs that are in the market being prescribed to us, we don't even know what the genetic targets are? Correct. Yes, we don't know exactly the pathways that they're hitting. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little scary. But that also means that we have a lot more off-target effects, adverse effects with those drugs, as well as we may not know what they could be good for. So there's a lot of effort in repurposing drugs because of that. And so CRISPR and, and really using CRISPR for functional genomics and identifying what targets might be impacted by these compounds or drugs will really help us to understand the biology that these drugs are affecting. So yeah, let's go back to those researchers that want to use CRISPR. So I, mm-hmm. It's been you know several years now, about five, six years since it's been published, and I'm pretty much anyone doing life science research either is using CRISPR or wants to be using CRISPR. Not all are, right? So just because they they don't have the right sort of background, like they're they're not a molecular biology lab, mm-hmm. right? Like structural biologists, maybe biochemists, or on the other spectrum, researchers studying you know animals. It's really exciting to see anyone now that wants to can start using CRISPR in the research projects. So it's great that the knockout cell pools have an extremely high knockout efficiency, allowing the scientists to use these in their assays straight away without having to make clones. What are some of the ways you've seen scientists using the knockout cell pools after they arrive in their lab? So that's a great question. So obviously, like you mentioned, because they have such high efficiency, you can use them either to make clonal cell lines and we can, because of the high editing efficiency, you can usually screen far fewer 96 well plates because you're more likely to get an edited clone within that. But then you can also, because of that high editing efficiency, go straight to an assay. And so some of the assays that people are running are things like discovery of protein functions, so looking at whether they knock out that protein and whether it it affects the phenotype that they're after. You can use it for antibody validation. So if if you're not sure whether your antibody is, is binding to the right epigenome, 
epitope. You can use a knockout cell pool to knock out that protein and then be able to test whether that antibody is specific or not. Likewise, you can use it for assay validation. If you think your assay is measuring the right thing, you can use a knockout cell pool as a negative control. And then also then for pathway analysis. So to really identify which pieces or genes of a pathway are contributing to the effect that that you're trying to study. Some scientists that I've been talking to recently, they actually prefer to start with RNAi. They'll knock down their gene of interest and then do their assay, see if there's something there. And then if they find something interesting, then they move on to CRISPR. Are you starting to see scientists starting to switch to using knockout cell pools for these like early exploratory studies? Yeah, absolutely. So the great thing about the knockout cell pools is that they really do lower that barrier to entry and make it much more accessible, very similar to accessibility to RNAi. And one thing with RNAi is that it targets the mRNA transcript rather than, and it's a transient uh, knockdown, rather than CRISPR, which is a stable knockout of protein function, especially if you can have either a high efficiency pool or in a clonal cell line. And so what this does in comparison to RNAi is give you a very clean result where you don't have uh, other endogenous protein um, from RNAi that hasn't been completely knocked out or knocked down, as well as where we understand the off-target landscape a bit better with CRISPR uh, versus with RNAi. And so we think that often you won't necessarily get the same results if you do an RNAi and CRISPR experiment because RNAi is just not going to knock out the protein to the same extent as what CRISPR can do. Yeah, and and I I guess anyway, if you were doing RNAi to see if there was something worth moving on to CRISPR, the knockout cell pools really now makes it possible to start with CRISPR. And then if, if, if there's something interested in moving on, you've already got your modified cell. Yeah, absolutely. So you can take these cells to clonal if you wanted to double check that this was an effect of that, that knockout. And it really means that you don't have to waste your time with RNAi. So yeah, so RNAi is you know a great technology in its its own right. Are, are there still some cases where RNAi might be better for certain scientists? Absolutely, yes. So for example, if when you knock out your your protein of interest, it causes the cells to die. Obviously, you can't study then that what that knockout phenotype is is doing because the cells are, are all dead. And so what the RNAi can jump in here and try to knock down that that protein function rather than knock it out completely so you still have some cells surviving, although they're likely to be unhappy because you're reducing something that's essential. Um, one thing that that we have noticed, which is perhaps not that surprising, is that in terms of the number of essential genes that we've seen, that number is quite low. So we've only seen about 2% or less of genes that we've knocked out in engineered cells that do contribute to some sort of viability defect and none that have been so striking that we've had all the cells die within a short period of time, which means that those cells are still usable and you can still take them to clonal. It's just a matter of population dynamics being different. Yeah, and I think even in those cases, right, where a researcher wants to knock out essential gene and it kills the cells, that's covered by the guarantee. Yes, absolutely. So we do have very robust guarantees in place for engineered cells. So one of which is if we don't hit at least 50% editing efficiency, we will refund the purchase price or allow you to do another project with us. Or alternatively, if we see that the editing efficiency is being reduced because of a viability defect by the cells because of the knockout, we will also refund or credit that purchase price to another product. And so 
no one else can, guarantees their product to that level because obviously with that second viability guarantee, this is something that is biology. It's not something that is process driven. But we want to ensure that people can go into the CRISPR work and, and have a risk-free experience. And so we're willing to refund in those situations as well because we, we want people to be able to utilize that power of CRISPR. Yeah, so basically you've really taken the risk out of it. If the, the researchers will get what they want, or they don't pay. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into the specifics. Say I'm a researcher that wants to order a knockout cell pool. What's the cost look like and how long will it take me to get those cells after I place my order? That's a great question. So our list price for knockout cell pools in one of those standard 700 human cell lines is only $3,500. And depending on the cell line, we can deliver that to you in as few as four weeks. It can take up to 10 weeks, depending again on the biology of the cell line and how quickly they grow. And while this may seem like a lot to some people, the alternative, it's usually 10 times the cost to get a clonal cell line. And the reason that they're, they're offering that is because they, they're unable to get that higher efficiency that we are, so they have to make a clonal cell line. And so by using these highly efficient reagents and, and doing that 200-point optimization for every cell line, with those highly edited pools, we can offer this in a more affordable setting for researchers to be able to use. In addition, some of the other cheaper options on the market might not be in relevant cell lines that will work best for your research as well. How about the ordering process? So I'm used to services like this. You need to usually take weeks to schedule a call with somebody. There's usually complex contracts that need to be signed, often involving lawyers. It just takes weeks before you even get started. How are the knockout cell pools and engineered cells in general, how are they different? So the difference is that we're really taking this as a product approach versus a service approach. And so these are made-to-order cells that you can just go onto the website, go onto either the knockout cell pool or knockout cell clone page, enter in your, your cell of interest as well as your gene of interest, and hit add to cart. It's as simple as that. And so it, you can then get a quote generated, which you can put a PO against through your institution and um, simply get it submitted that way. Of course, if you do have any questions or want to talk to someone, we have a large team of people that are there to support you in that respect as well. Thank you very much, Anya, for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, before letting you go, I just wanted to ask you sort of one parting question. So far, what do you think is the most interesting way CRISPR has been used? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a hard question because I think CRISPR, you know, from everything from biomaterials to agriculture and life sciences, obviously, as we've been talking about, it's, it's a huge array of applications that CRISPR is currently being used for. I think maybe one of the the ones that I think is one of the coolest and perhaps one of the has a lot of value in the community at the moment is uh, there's a lot of people now trying to CRISPR edit pigs to try to improve the organs that the pigs are creating so that we can then use them for human transplantation because obviously there's always a huge need for human donors you know for, for people with long-term diseases and so by being able to transgenically alter pigs using CRISPR we can make that more as a viable option as a source of donor material. And so I think given that the burden that this is on the health system, I think this is a really fantastic use of CRISPR that it's very unique, but it's, it's a pretty simple application of the technology. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, there's a lot of ways CRISPR is going to start popping into our everyday lives. Yeah, expect to see like CRISPR clothing anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Anya, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you? 
Yeah, so if anyone has any questions or would like to discuss further about how CRISPR can be used with the workflow, I'm always happy to chat to fellow researchers. My email is anya, A-N-I-A dot Ronsky, W-R-O-N-S-K-I at synthigo.com. Great. Thanks again, Anya. Thank you. Thanks for listening to CRISPR Cuts. I invite you to check out the Synthigo blog, The Bench, for more great CRISPR content. Please send us any feedback you have by contacting us on Twitter. And if you want to join in as a guest on our podcast, email us at crispercuts at synthigo.com. CRISPR Cuts is a scientific podcast by Synthigo. Produced by Kevin, Minu, and me, Bobby. Additional production by Resonate Recordings. Our cover art is by Jeff Merrick. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.